It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. And you still like me or you you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. (laughs) I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, Longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth. In America, wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. There appears to be a path for Democrats to provide the votes to lift the debt ceiling next week. That came after Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell pledged his side would get out of the way. GOP members won't vote to raise the debt ceiling itself, but they will vote to end a filibuster. Some GOP members believe McConnell is helping the Democrats. What do you say when you drew those two red lines and now saying, oh, we're going to help indirectly raise the debt ceiling? Well, the red line is intact. There are always differences of opinion among Republicans about how to handle a delicate issue like the debt ceiling. But some GOP leaders are reluctant to criticize McConnell. They blame Democrats for not negotiating a settlement. Mitch McConnell give up leverage, even though Republicans aren't going to actually cast a vote to lift the debt ceiling. They're going to just help in this procedural fashion. The real problem is that Democrats from Joe Biden to Nancy Pelosi to Chuck Schumer have not sat down with Republicans to have those same kind of agreements on how to limit spending. It is getting trickier for Senate Democrats to approve their social spending bill by Christmas. Democrat Joe Manchin is skeptical about extra spending and inflation. At 17 Nobel laureates saying it's going to be no problem. Well, 17 Nobel laureates were wrong. And I said, let's take a strategic pause. We get any one of those wrong and we're in trouble. Democrats are still waiting for information as to what the parliamentarian will rule is in or out of their bill on tax policy and immigration. All right, Sandy Rios with you. That was Chad Pogram of Fox News, just kind of giving us a taste of what's happening in Congress. Uh, It's that most wonderful time of the year where they pass the worst kinds of possible bills. Remember, this is when Obamacare was passed on uh, Christmas Eve. Because they they leave it to that cliff moment so that people are inclined to vote for terrible things in order to to get out of town. And that's kind of how it works. But we have all kinds of bills going right now. And the Senate was busy last night. They did one really fine thing, and I'm very happy about this. But rather than me tell you about it, I'm going to introduce our our guest. Senator Marsha Blackburn joins us this morning early. Uh, She's in Washington. She is a senator from Tennessee, a good friend of the program. And so, Senator Blackburn, thanks for joining us this morning. I am delighted to join you. Thank you so much. All right. So I want to ask you, first of all, before we talk about the Build Back Better plan, tongue in cheek, uh, is this vaccine mandate that you guys voted to nullify last night, the uh, Biden vaccine mandate? Tell us about that briefly, if you can. Yes, we have had several efforts to nullify and to halt or delay, uh, remove this mandate. And we last week, we tried a provision to defund, and that failed. This week, we had the Congressional Review Act action. And several of us uh, had been pushing this. Uh, Senator Braun was the one who had filed 
the resolution, and we were successful. We had a couple of Democrats join us in this. So now it is going to go to the House for their review. And, of course, they're going to need to get 218 House members to support this, and they have to get uh, signatures to bring it to the floor on a discharge uh, petition because we know that Pelosi is not going to choose to bring it to the floor. Well, let me just say uh, 52 to 48 last night in the Senate, and uh, I'm not going to get into the weeds of procedure because, you know, people just gla- their eyes glaze over. But two Democrats, Joe right. Manchin and John Tester, uh, both joined the Republicans. And then, of course, as uh, the senator just said, it has to go to the House now, and they are working now to get the votes for that. Uh, who knows? I think they kind of think they might have those votes, but in spite of that, it will go to the President Biden's desk if it passes in both houses, and of course, he will veto it, and they would have to come back and get two-thirds vote, and it's probably not going to do that. So I guess the only point I would make about that, Senator, is this is the kind of fight uh, that uh, this is what has disappointed. I don't want to get off on a bad track here because I want us to talk about Build Back Better, but I appreciate the fact that you guys chose to fight on this. Very grateful. Even if you knew yeah. you couldn't win it, it's important. It's an important fight that brings the conversation, and the people give are heartened to see pe- you fighting on their behalf. So let's well, let's Sandy, talk. You're right about that. Yeah, and they want to see us make the attempt. And as I keep saying, you don't know what's going to happen. So it is important that we continue to put these efforts forward because. We, there are some of these fights that we end up winning. So I'm always, I'm a happy warrior freedom fighter, and I'm always going to elect to take the fight to them. And when it comes to the COVID mandate, I have a piece of legislation that is getting a tremendous amount of support from all across the country. It's called Keeping Our COVID-19 Heroes Employed Act. And we have the New York firefighters, the United Airlines flight attendants, the Chicago Police Force, the National Sheriff's Association, and dozens of bipartisan organizations that have stepped forward and supported this. And, you know, there may be a vehicle moving that would help us to push this forward because those that were essential workers during COVID-19 that showed up, that did their job, um, they found out how to handle COVID. And we know the American people are going to have to learn to live with COVID because this is going to be with us and we can't stop living our lives. We cannot shut and lock down our churches and our schools and our places of work. It's just like with the flu. And you don't After the uh, Spanish flu a a century ago, they didn't lock the country down. They figured out how to work with this. Yes, no doubt about that. And so we wish you all the best with that. Yeah, we're going to run out of time, and I don't want to do that. Uh, I just want to say, because I want us to get to Build Back Better, I just want to say thank you for doing that, uh, because uh, I think that my perspective is, uh, is that Washington, as usual, has been in its own bubble, not because you're in the District of Columbia and you're in Northern Virginia where people are crazy over COVID, crazy COVID. It's a very different world than many of us are living in. And I have been disappointed that we haven't had more leadership 
uh, to protect the people from what they're experiencing, you know, losing their jobs, the military. It's just very distressing. And people are noticing when there's no leadership on that. So you know that. Uh, All right, let's talk about Build Back Better. Now, remember, before you say anything, remember that Joe Biden told us this is not going to cost anything. Now, so whatever you say, remember, this is not going to cost anything, Senator Blackburn. Right? Well, you know, we are, it's not transitory when it comes to inflation, and you're not going to fix this issue of inflation by forcing more money. Sandy, it's the Econ 101. You don't fix a supply-side crisis by demand-side policies, and uh, people know that, and when you look at this BBB, or as I call it, um, it really is the build back broke agenda. You know, it's going to make inflation worse. It is going to put on the books uh, programs that are going to make life more expensive. It's going to raise taxes, which means that people are going to have less money in their pocket at the end of every month. They're going to have less to spend. Now, we know Joe Biden lied when he said there were 17 Nobel laureates that agree with us that the BBB will lower inflation. We know that that is wrong, and you know that there are economists out there, you are talking to them every day, that talk about how this reckless tax and spend spree is going to increase inflation. And... This bill includes the highest personal income tax rate in the developed world. It includes the highest cap gains tax rate since the 70s. It would increase our debt by over $800 billion. And that is before, that's just the programmatic increase. That is before you have the impact of these programs because, see, they're paying for one year of program, all these liberal programs, they're paying for it with 10 years of taxes. So it is more likely that this is going to cost us $4.5 trillion and not $1.75 trillion. Well, of course, you know, the, the, the disconnect here sometimes, I think, is that people have heard Republicans talk about money and taxes. That seems to be what the establishment loves to talk about. People understand it, but they don't. I want to I want to share a phrase with you. This is Sean Davis, uh, who's a political activist in Washington, and this is what he tweeted. And I actually think he's he's good at he's caught the heart of this. They are making life unaffordable on purpose. They're destroying your savings with inflation and your budget with gas prices and tax hikes, destroying your neighborhood with crime, destroying your livelihood with lockdowns, and destroying your health and liberty with mandates. That's how the American people see it, Senator. And um, and what we are begging for is hard-hitting, no-holds-barred fight, you know, fights on this. Um, and I, I know that well, that's what that's you're right, trying to do, too, Senator. Yeah, that's exactly right, and Sean's tweet is right. They are making everyday life for hardworking taxpayers too expensive to afford, and it is from the uh, price at the pump to the price at the grocery store. It is from uh, 
what you are having to spend to get your kids in school and fees and taxes that are going to be going up. It is 24-7 socialism. It is a daylight to dark taxes and fees and government control. And see what they're trying to do with this BBB is they're trying to take one vote. And in this one vote, yes, they're going to increase your taxes. They're going to take government control of your children, of their schools. They're going to federalize elections. They're going to take control of your bank account and your small business. These are the things that they are trying to do because they want to have a socialistic form of government. That is their goal, to radically transform this country and take away our freedoms that we cherish. Yep. I don't think, you know, you don't, it's amazing to me. There was a time when I thought, I spent a couple of decades here trying to convince people of this because this is not new, but it's just more blatant. Uh, But now people understand it. They are living it. They're losing their jobs. They're having trouble. They're struggling. They're having to pay more. You know, I think of the poor people in Europe out in the streets. I wonder why we're not out in the streets yet. But they, like in France, they are already losing their jobs uh, under the draconian rule. Uh, Socialism is even too kind a way to put it for my part. Uh, It is really more like Marxists, and, and that's Marxism. And so they are... They're motivated to get out in the streets, and I think that's what's coming for us, Senator. I really do if we don't stop this. So let's talk about the nuts and bolts of this. Do you? We have, what, two holdouts, Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin, because this bill will be passed by reconciliation, which I realize it's a procedure. It just means that uh, – hold the break, please, for five minutes. Hold the break. All right, so this is a procedural thing, and um, it only requires 51 votes. The Senate is evenly split. Uh, Kamala Harris cast the tie-breaking vote, but two Democrats, Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin, seem to be toying, playing with footsie with the Republican position on this. What is your position on what you think they're going to do? Well, they want to get a vote before they get to Christmas. I'm not sure that is going to happen. And they're saying, well, you know, we could come back And we could do this after the first of the year. So we will see if that's going to be a play that they're going to try to make. Now, I I think it's likely they never get the votes for this, that it will be dramatically scaled down. But, Sandy, what they want to do is just get these programs on the books because they think if they get this expanded child care on the books, then we'll never get it off. But see, their child care, what their child care would do, and this is important. See, where I come from in Tennessee, most of the Mother's Day Out programs, they're at the churches. Most of the preschool programs are at the churches. This would disallow your local church from providing that service. So. This is so important to note, and it would require you to to use a federal government-sanctioned facility. So there is a lot of uh, effort and work that has gone into looking at this cost, and what it would do would be to more than double what you are paying for child care because you insert the federal government 
into a process that you have handled right there in your community. You don't need the federal government for that. No, and I, I also think, would you agree that these large social programs, you've got a two-edged sword here, they're killing people financially everywhere, you know, in terms of goods and gasoline and all of that, as we've talked. But they're also providing in this bill and all the other things they've been doing, these disincentives to work, putting people, making them more dependent on government and less likely to work. And if that doesn't make sense to anyone listening. Think about all the places that you're going to, to eat, to stores, to uh, where, where there can, they can't find anyone to help, begging in the window, please help, because people are getting rewarded for not working. They're getting more and more money and help and services and aid without working. They want the left wants people to be dependent on government. That means the economy will just shrink and shrivel. Is, has anything I said, does that make sense to you, Senator? Would you agree with that? Sure, absolutely. You are spot on. And the thing is, they want to control your life daylight to dark. They want to have the elitist, the socialist, run your life, and they want to control everything. And think about it. They want to control your children. They want to control, they want to have them in a government-sanctioned program for their child care, when they're babies, for their preschool, for their elementary and secondary education. They want to have you go through the federal government to pay for your college, and then if they're paying for it, Sandy, they can tell you what you're going to study. And yeah, then exactly. they can tell you what your job is going to be. And then they want to tell you where the, you're going to live and in what kind of house and how much money you're going to make. And government is going to control your health care. And government is going to control your retirement. And I know you remember that crazy life of Julia thing that Barack Obama did during yeah. his campaign. Yep. <clears throat> Pardon me. And everybody widely panned that, and they took it down. But it was Julia had this life, and she didn't have a spouse. She did have a child. Uh, she was totally dependent on the government for everything from the time she was a child through her retirement. That is their utopia. Yeah. That is what they want to see happen with your life. Yes. Okay, no so freedom. Senator, yeah, no freedom, choices. absolutely. No hope, no no plan, no personal plans. Uh, just you get taken care of, maybe, until the money runs out and then no one's taken care of. Senator Blackburn, I'm assuming right. the best thing to do was to call our senators in their I, – I always prefer home offices. And so please do that and call your senator because I, I just don't have confidence – uh, that they're not going to co- make this happen before Christmas. I think Joe Manchin always uh, uh, beats his chest and acts like he's going to do the right thing, but he rarely does. And Kristen Cinema, I think, is already caving. And so uh, we need to make some calls to the Senate offices and tell them, no, are you kidding me? No, on the Build Back Better plan. Senator Blackburn, thank you for joining us this morning. We appreciate your time always, and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Every American ought to visit George Washington's Mount Vernon estate 
south of Washington, D.C. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. We're going to be going to Mount Vernon on one of our spiritual heritage tours coming up in June and September. Wanted to let you know about these tours already because they will fill up quick. So, for all the information, go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com spiritualheritagetours.com We're going to be going to Yorktown, Jamestown, and Williamsburg as well on a separate trip. So, so much rich American history there to be experienced. Stephen McDowell of the Providence Foundation is a nationally noted historian and he's going to be with us along the way. spiritualheritagetours.com This is Pause to Pray. A chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Jenny Yang, Director of the Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs. Her agency ensures that employers conducting business with the federal government comply with equal employment opportunity laws. Psalm 106.3 reminds us of the importance of fairness. Blessed are they who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, We ask you to guide Jenny Yang as she works to ensure equal opportunity for all Americans. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. With the generous support of listeners like you, our radio ministry is in our fourth year on the air. Keep the power of prayer going and become a regular sustaining member. Details at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. You need a university you can trust that offers a world-class education with the values, knowledge, and skills you need to succeed. That place is Liberty University, and now is the perfect time to start. This fall, Liberty celebrating 50 years of training champions for Christ, a mission that has not wavered since it opened in 1971. With more than 700 programs online and on campus, Liberty can help you turn your vision into a future you can be proud of. Text EXPLORE to the number 49596. That's EXPLORE to the 49596. The American people did a foolhardy thing about 20 months ago. We, the people, surrendered our civil liberties. Many of you shut down your businesses, you closed your church houses, you agreed to get a jab to keep your job. Now, I warn you folks, at the time we were heading down a dangerous path that once the government knew they could take away our rights, they would not stop. And now comes word the Biden administration is about to unveil what they're calling the strictest China virus mandates ever. They want to force Americans who travel overseas to self-quarantine in this country under the threat of fines. And there are rumblings of a ban on domestic air travel for anyone who has yet to be vaccinated. By the way, some churches are now telling parishioners they have to show vaccination papers to attend Christmas services. Now, there's still a chance for us to walk all of this back from the brink. But first, we have to invoke our inner Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and not bow down. I'm Todd Starnes. Merry Christmas from American Family Radio and Sandy Rios in the morning. so many vaccinated people who feel as if, you know, there may be some personal rewards for getting vaccinated, but they still face all these restrictions and measures. 
Well, yes, that is just the reality of the situation. I mean, one thing that vaccinated people can feel comfortable, for example, let's take the holiday setting. You're with your family. You have grandparents and parents and children. When you get vaccinated and you have a vaccinated group and you are in an indoor setting, you can enjoy, as we have traditionally over the years, dinners and gatherings within the home with people who are vaccinated. And that's the reason why people should, if they invite people over their home, essentially ask and maybe require that people show evidence that they are vaccinated. So Merry Christmas to you too, Dr. Fauci. Make sure, Merry Christmas to all of you, that you, uh, you know, ask your guests that are coming to your house for Christmas, they've been vaccinated. You know, maybe when you uh, call them to ask them over for turkey dinner, you say, but you can't come if you haven't been vaccinated. That's the Christmas spirit. Well, you know, it isn't the Christmas spirit. We're going to talk about that in just a second. And also, uh, we're going to open the phone lines this morning and a talk. Uh, I've been, I told you that we would do that, and that's what we're going to do. Our phone number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Would love to talk to you about whatever is on your mind, whatever you're experiencing. Just make sure that you have a, a good comment, uh, that you're not preaching. Uh, you're, uh, you know, you have something relevant, and, you know, I push you along if you're too slow. <laughs> Lovingly. So we, we want to give as many people as possible a chance to talk. All right, so, but let me just say, today is the day at American Family Radio where we, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> where the American Family Association uh, uh, makes you aware of our Christmas buttons. We've been doing this for years. Do you remember when uh, it was such a shock that retailers were having their clerks stop, they were forbidding them from saying Merry, Merry Christmas? And that's how this, that's where the Christmas buttons were born from. It's like, no. We are going to say Merry Christmas. I remember going through that and going, you know, checking out and, and looking them in the eye and saying, no, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Well, the buttons really have remained their, retained their significance in the sense that they're beautiful buttons. One says, Jesus, he came for you. Another one says, Jesus, our living hope. And uh, you can wear that. You know, you don't have to hand out pamphlets, but you can wear it. Even when you're out, when you're shopping, <clears throat> it, it's, it sparks conversation and questions. And so these are still a valuable tool to remind people what this is all about. I, I don't know if you about me, but about you, but I'm noticing that even less people are decorating outside. It's just that Christmas is um, the percentage of people that really value this season. And I realize it's a man-made holiday, but it's a real God and a real Savior. So even if the date is artificial and we're not told in Scripture to celebrate Christmas, it is our time of year to celebrate the birth of our Savior. It's just to have, what, what better message than that? So if you like a Christmas button, they come in packs of 10, uh, and they, they're perfectly designed. You're going to love them. They're pretty. And so you can order them by going to afa.net, or you can click on the AFA resource tab there. So the same thing. Go to the FAA.net FAA um, website and click on the AFA resource tab. Or you can call an order at 877-927-4917, 877-927-4917. Also, if you want to buy you know, more, uh, because you maybe have a Sunday school class, if you want to buy them for your church, you can get a discount if you buy more of them. So uh, again, it's AFA.net, uh, and then go to the AFA resources a tab or call 877-927-4917. And so that's our Merry Christmas to you this morning. And uh, before I go to the phone lines, I should say, I should read this email from Rob. Rob says, uh, 
He says, I really enjoy the show each morning, but I've been wondering when that rap, jazz, hallelujah chorus would show up again. You can set your watch and get ready for it each Christmas season. Are there no other Christmas songs out there worthy of an airing over the broadcast besides that one song? There are millions of Christmas songs, aren't there? Tolerance, diversity, and inclusivity are good things. I encourage affirmative action for other Christmas songs on the show. Sort of reminds me of my dad who watches NCIS for hours a day obsessively and never anything else besides that one show. Please don't be like that. Oh, well, I enjoy the show anyway. <laughs> anyway, and Merry Christmas, Rob. That's very funny. I actually, it's cute, and it's a good challenge. Now, let me just say that the Soulful Celebration, Messiah Soulful Celebration, I do use that every year. It's a, a collection. It's a totally different arrangement of the Messiah. If you don't like uh, like Motown and black um, renditions of music, then and I'm not saying you don't, but that's what that is, and I really do like it. <laughs> I do. Um, but I think it's a good challenge. We we don't have much of a staff, so when we start to do these kinds of things, I'm the one that has to think about changing bumpers and finding music, and i am kind of got other things I'm doing, so that's the reason you're hearing the same music, because it's just a time thing. But I also love it, and I would commend it to all of you guys. If, you, if you're if you an old Motown listener, you would enjoy uh, the Messiah Soulful Celebration because it's just a it's a great piece. I'm sorry you don't like it, Rob. All right, uh, let me go. Um, let's see, just a couple of other things. Uh, this one, this is just a practical matter. Before I get into some more serious ones, this is from uh, Jim. He says you need to mention the app. That's the a that's the AFR Talk app. He said, I listen to it on the app every day, the show, that is, all day long, uh, and AFR Talk all day long. I also recommend uh, that at 7 in the morning I post a photo of the app and I tell people to listen uh, to you and then stay tuned for Dan Celia following you at 8 o'clock Central. And uh, he said people should post it on Facebook every morning to get people to listen. And so that's a very good suggestion. That's actually from Peggy. Uh, because uh, because there are less and less ways to listen. The app goes on your phone, and you can listen wherever you are all over the world. Trust me, I know. I've listened from Scotland. It's AFR Talk. That's the app. You can download it in your whatever store, whatever phone you have, and um, and listen to it everywhere. Okay. Our phone number is 888-589-8840, and uh, let's, uh, let's just uh, go to the phones here. Let's go to Rachel in Texas. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning, Sandy. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I just want to tell you, I love when I found your show. I just newly found it a few months ago, and I'm so obsessed to tell everybody about you, and I love everything you fight for. <laughs> Thank um, you, Rachel. Was, when you were speaking with the senator, and, and I believe what she's saying is true, they'll try to control every aspect. Do you think that they'll try to go into the homeschool realm of forcing to show proof that you have your school, your child schooled in? public education or something other than you regulating and discipling yourself? The answer is, of course they will. Uh, actually, they, they want to do away with homeschooling. They don't want you homeschooling your children because they can't control the curriculum. So trust me, just as they will try to eliminate conservative talk radio, they are going to try to eliminate homeschooling. Do you think calling the senators is the best way to try to protect that or any other ideas you think we could do to start the fight now? Well, well I think, uh, well, you know what, I, that, my suggestion on that would to go to Homeschool Legal Defense Foundation. Used to, Mike Ferris, I don't know if Mike still, he was the founder, 
at a Homeschool Legal Defense, HDLA, I think it's uh, the, the, uh, the acronym, uh, and find out what they're doing. Uh, because, yeah, there's strength in numbers, and there's certainly millions of homeschoolers now. And I would, I would, not, I would be surprised if they had not already been thinking about that. And they ha if they haven't, Rachel, uh, that, would be a good, that would be the network to work through. Okay? All right. Well, thank you so much, and you have a happy Merry Christmas. Okay. All right. Thanks, Rachel. Appreciate it. You too. All right. Let's go to uh, Michael in Florida. Good morning, Michael. Sandy, I love your show. Um, there's three things I would like to say. Um, number one, when people think about socialized medicine, I would like to encourage them to remember baby Charlie Gard. Um, another thing is... Uh, oh, that, let's, let's, let's stop for a second. Let's stop for, that, was the ch that was the little boy in England. Remind me, I, I remember him being in the news, and I can't. What, was he born with it? Help me remember, Michael. I don't remember the specifics, but I know that Trump was involved, and basically the government got involved. And I think there might have been possible. Uh, what I didn't want the parents to uh, dictate what kind of medication that the, the child was going to be given. Okay. And big people, like I said, like even Trump and people like that, that were willing to contribute financially or whatever it took to get this kid, the baby, whatever he needed to survive. I think they were dying. talking to, as I recall, they were talking about bringing him to the States and getting him care. But yes, okay, so yeah. so now I interrupted your point. So make your, finish your point if you can. Well, I just wanted people to do some research on that because socialized medicine is not great. Here's another thing. Uh, I don't remember if it was a video or a headline that I read, but I remember something, one or the other, where Bloomberg uh, a while back, uh, the headline of the video said that, you know, if a 65-year-old man comes in and he's got prostate cancer, just give him, a, you know, a, a Tylenol or an aspirin and send him on his way and tell him there's nothing we can do about it. One last point I would like to make. Quickly. People thought I had three heads. Uh, three heads when I would say this. What about people that live in government-subsidized housing and stuff like that? That concerns me because I almost got into that. When they... I would not put it past these people to start, uh, try to start confiscating people's Social Security and disability and all like that. Well, nothing is really safe from totalitarians, Michael. So, I mean, we could go down in the weeds with everything, just like we just talked about homeschooling. And we're really fighting for liberty of everything everywhere, whether it's medical, our money, our schools, our thoughts, everything. And so you're right to think that absolutely it will affect housing as well. In fact, I, have, there is a, I haven't got time to go into that right now. But, Michael, thanks for even mentioning that subject. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. How do you feel when people you love forget your birthday? How would you feel if they knew about your birthday and decided to ignore it and stop as many people as they could from celebrating it? That's exactly what political correctness tries to do to Jesus Christ at Christmas. December 25th is recognized as a day to celebrate the birth of the Savior of mankind. It's more than a winter holiday. It's the day God took on human flesh and gave us hope for eternal life. I hope you don't forget him. I'm Pastor John Miller. Visit me at churchontherock.org. Today's culture is opting for entertainment rather than biblical enlightenment. For those who resist that trend, Friends of Israel shows listeners why loving the Jewish people and supporting Israel is important to the Christian faith. Friends of Israel shares biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah and promotes solidarity with the Jewish people. This is Chris Katolka of the Friends of Israel Today radio program heard each weekend on this station, and here's what's happening in Israel. Friends of Israel, Saturday afternoon at 2, here on American Family Radio. They said to each other, 
Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. These words were shared between Cleopas and his companion on the seven-mile walk from Jerusalem to Emmaus as Jesus, in resurrected form, used the Hebrew scriptures to reveal himself to them as the Messiah. There are at least 109 distinct biblical prophecies the Messiah had to fulfill. The mathematical probability of such a feat occurring is astoundingly absurd, yet that absurdity is satisfied in Jesus, the Messiah. Come, let us adore Him. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner. For more, from Abraham Hamilton III, Public Policy Analyst for the American Family Association. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and what a joy and comfort those words bring when we read those in our own Bible in the early part of John's Gospel. He tells us that God made good on His promise to give us Jesus, right, who's with us and He's for us. Oh, the joy to read that around our dinner tables and in front of our fireplaces around Christmas time. But to think there's Bibleist believers around the world who have been denied God's Word. They've never been able to read the Christmas story for themselves. But oh, the joy of thinking of many Christmas Christians who will have that privilege this year. Did you know that in many parts of Asia, Africa, the Middle East, and Latin America where Bible League has served for 83 years, as many as 9 of 10 evangelical Christians are denied God's Word. They can't read the Christmas story for themselves or God's precious promises throughout the year, but at $5 a Bible, you can be the answer to their prayer. Call 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD, or give at sendbiblesnow.org. Sendbiblesnow.org. Giving a Bible to somebody is the greatest gift you can give somebody in life. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. President Biden is convening this week a virtual summit of democracies. Of course, what matters is not a nation's nominal political system, but its commitment to freedom. Adolf Hitler is among the many totalitarians who came to power following an election. Peru is the most recent example of this phenomenon, yet it's among Mr. Biden's invitees. Earlier this year, communists used a fraudulent election to take power and move that strategic South American nation inexorably into the ranks of democracy's enemies. Peru will soon host its own actual summit in the Incan Empire's capital city of Cusco. Think of the attendees as a new communist internationale with Chinese characteristics. The attendees will use the occasion to advance the Marxist imminent takeover of the Western Hemisphere with considerable help from China, Russia, and Iran. Will truly freedom-loving nations do anything to stop them? This is Frank Afney. Merry Christmas from American Family Radio and Sandy Rios in the Morning. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the Morning on Facebook or email Sandy at sandy at AFR.net. That's sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the Morning on American Family Radio. Every, val- every valley will be exalted. You know what that means? That's an Old Testament passage. 
And it's a, it just says that the rough places will be made plain. You know, if you're a carpenter, you know what that means. And the crooked will be made straight. And every valley will be exalted. In other words, there'll be no lows. Uh, those valleys will be exalted. They'll be lifted up with the highs. And that's what God's going to do. He's going to sort things out, bring justice to this world. Beautiful passage of scripture, and that, that's what that Christmas song is based on. Uh, let me remind you that if you would like to start some conversations on what Christmas is all about, our Christmas buttons are available. This is our very special day where we emphasize these buttons. Uh, they say, Jesus, he came for you, or Jesus, our living hope. I think that's my favorite, the second one. But um, they come in packs of 10, uh, and you can wear them easily on your clothing. They're designed well, uh, and you can get more than 10 if you want at a discount. But if you order the, want to order the buttons, go to afa.net, click on the AFA resource tab, or you can call 877-927-4917. That's 877-927-4917 to you know, get a Christmas button and help people to understand what the real meaning of Christmas is. All right, let's go back to, uh, let me just do this quick uh, email because it's important. This is from Jamie. She's 26. She's 19 weeks pregnant with her first baby. Her job is just now enforcing the vaccine mandate, and she's worried because of all the adverse reactions she's hearing that pregnant women are having. And she asks if there are doctors that can help her obtain a medical exemption And she said, I'd love to keep my job, but I won't do that if I'm forced to take this vaccine, which even slightly threatens the health of my unborn baby. And then she talks about some of the things she's heard that's happening to women. It seems like every doctor I see is backing this vaccine and encouraging everyone to get it, as if there are no risks. Even my OBGYN office has plastered on every wall that all pregnant women should get this vaccine to protect against the virus. I just feel there's not a doctor I can trust to give me all the information about the vaccine, the good and the bad. And you've hit it exactly, Janie, because because the CDC and the FDA are the gods of the medical establishment, the NIH. uh, They've been the gold standard, and they are corrupt. And they are forcing doctors for fear of losing their licenses, even if they're hearing otherwise. It's like they don't want to know, but it is so completely corrupt and dangerous. It's just appalling. We used to trust our doctors to want our best, but it's not that way anymore. And so uh, this is the practical help uh, that I've mentioned many times. Here it is again. If you need to find a doctor that will help you uh, get an exemption, go to myfreedoctor.com, myfreedoctor.com. That's a national uh, organization, and they'll help you find a doctor in your area that can give you some help. Also, frontline doctors, frontline doctors. Uh, that's another place to go to find someone, both of those places. Uh, as far as uh, an exemption, go to. Th- there are several choices, but I'll just mention Liberty Council. Liberty Council, uh, that is a, a conservative law firm. Matt Staber is the, the head of that. It's a good friend of mine. They're doing great work on this. They have all kinds of forms to help you uh, fill out exemptions and so uh, and get ex- uh, try, at least to try to get an exemption. And Jamie, Janie, I'm sorry, Janie, I wish you all the best. As a young mom, um, my heart goes out to you. What a horrible time. You know, I just must think of this, not, not the only horrible time in, in the history of the world. Uh, people that have gone before us have endured worse things. And so uh, we're, we're learning how to fight, and we're just coming into a battle that's all new to us. And so let's, let's fight the right way. Okay, so thank you, Janie. All right, let me go back to the phone lines. Um, okay, so Rebecca in Arkansas. Good morning, Rebecca. 
Hey, good morning. I love your show, Sandy. I get up every morning just to listen. <laughs> and, Thank you. Uh, in in Arkansas, uh, we're represented by good people, but uh, our Senator John Bozeman, who's up for re-election this next year, uh, he took $2,500 from Pfizer. My representative also did. Uh, they do not speak. Uh, they don't dig in and find out the facts about the adverse reactions. They just don't understand it. They toe the party line. And we have a fighter, Jan Morgan, who's running for U.S. Senate. Uh, And she has been active at the state capitol working on helping good bills to be passed, getting grassroots people to phone in and, and give our our reaction to these bills, our, our pleas to do the good things. And we've had good success in Arkansas, uh, not compromising, going, going for the right thing. And uh, this Saturday, uh, Jan Morgan is even working with frontline doctors. She's emceeing their program in Little Rock, and she is going to speak. She's there fighting for what's good for us. Rebecca, and, does, she have a, does she have a position now? Uh, is she serving in any capacity? Uh, she does not have a position. She ran four years ago for governor, yeah. and if only she had beat our present governor, well, we yeah. would be in a much better state. Rebecca, but, listen, thanks. I appreciate you bringing this to my attention. So would you please send me information about her uh, at sandy at AFR.net? Sandy at AFR.net, whatever you have. Sandy at AFR.net. I, I know your, okay. your address. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Because that, I would appreciate more, more in writing about her, and I appreciate you bringing, bringing both of those things, all those things. Bozeman is not conservative. He's very disappointing, and uh, it, you know he needs a good challenge. That's my personal opinion. Uh, so, Rebecca, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Let's go to, um, let's go to Jerry in Texas. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Sandy. Um, as I told the gentleman to answer the phone, I'll try and keep this brief. So I'm a retired Navy veteran, um, and as the gentleman that was on prior to the break was saying, what about all the people that live in the public housing or that are required or depend on government assistance? What's keeping the government from saying, well, we're going to cut all that off if you don't get a vaccine? Once again, and I've been lucky, and I, I don't dwell on it because, um, you know, as the Bible says, God didn't give me a spirit of fear, and I don't fear any of that stuff, and I don't really depend on my retirement check, so to speak, from the government. But what's to stop them from saying, well, you're just not going to get your retirement or your veterans' benefits, which I do receive because I was injured um, during my time in the military, if you don't get a vaccine? And to think that the VA isn't tracking that would make mean that every veteran that has or has not chosen to get it needs to wake up because the VA tracks more than people really want to think they track. That's kind yeah. of statement. Yeah, Jerry, and you know, uh, just yesterday, I don't know if I ever taught, if I got to talk about this on the air, they, uh, the, the House, including, I think, I believe the count was 80, some congressman that you would be shocked at passed a bill that contains uh, a tracking of vaccine status. Uh, and uh, I and that means a national tracking, the government tracking every. It's only to help you, of course, Jerry. It's just to help you keep track of whether you've had your 
you know, your DPT, your polio, whatever. It's just to help you so that when you go to the doctor, everyone can see what you've had and you can stay up to date. It isn't about, you know, I'm being tongue-in-cheek. Of course, it is about tracking COVID and tracking all of us. So it's not just military, and, and it's a nefarious purpose. It's frightening. But, of course, they're up to no good. They are, and that's why we have to stop them, isn't it? All right, well, thank you, Jerry, for that comment. Let's go to Oklahoma for Lori. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Sandy. I just love to listen to you every morning before I go to work. Um, you know, you said you could talk about anything. I just have to share with you how grieved I am in my spirit. Um, when COVID first came on the scene, the congregation that I was going to here locally completely just drank every ounce of the Kool-Aid, uh, and I think they licked the cup. Before long, the church was completely shut down, and then when they opened the church back up, they color-coded us with our comfort zones, and they required that we wear masks. And we saw them kind of falling for the BLM with some of the people saying, hashtag BLM, you could see that in social media. You could just see how the church was just buying all of it. I ended up leaving the church and going to find someplace else to go, landed in a church that had freedom in the name of its title. And in their same mask concept, and they would say, oh, we don't wear the mask because we're afraid, because we have faith over fear. And yet they lived in the mask, wore the mask, wanted people to wear the mask, would ask people to put the mask on before they prayed for them. And I just feel like that we, like the young man said prior, you know, he doesn't live by, by fear, he lives by faith. And we're seeing the church just completely washed with this fear, washed with believing in what's going on. And even pastors telling you know, how can a Christian not wear a mask? How, you know, and, and what's going to be said to other Christians by influential leaders? How can a Christian not take the shot if they love people? And, you know, this sounds uh, pretty harsh, but let me say something. Jesus healed the leopard, and they were considered unclean. And he, doggone sure, didn't wear a mask, color-code his band, or run from him. He ran to him. Lori, very good. Excellent. Profound. And uh, let me ask you a practical question. Maybe I shouldn't ask this, but I want to know, without telling the exact church, what denominations, what what categories of churches were these? Well, the church that I had been a part of for 20 years, um, there's not a single member of my family left there now, was called a non-denominational church. Now they've reclassified themselves as interdenominational And then the other church that we moved to was pretty charismatic. Um, And we left because of some things that we saw that were questionable. But it was just a conflict. Well, it doesn't, you know what, it doesn't matter so much. I I just was curious about it because I find that this this whole issue was a real, it was a a mixed bag. You know, some churches were just so good and it it didn't necessarily follow the pattern. I did find that Southern Baptists had bad leadership during that time. And I, and because you're in Oklahoma, I sort of wondered about that. That's why I ask. But um, uh, you know, I think the problem, Lori, is one of the problems is discernment and, and understanding. Because I've heard the same thing from Christian colleges. Um, I think Liberty, actually, some certainly on that campus were telling students, if you really love other people, you'll get vaccinated, you'll get masked. Not a mandate to them, but just uh, shaming them into that and that logic and that logic lacks critical thinking. And uh, what you just, for instance, what you just said, think about what Jesus would have done. Would he have, you know, gotten vaccinated, worn a mask? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. 
it really doesn't make sense, and they don't understand the reasons why we're resisting this. They have, they seem incapable of understanding the dangers here. And so um, I think that's what's going on there, and I think, you know, many of our pastors have lost their discernment. Uh, I think of uh, that passage in Jeremiah, I've been reading about false prophets uh, who, you know, they, 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 they just, the, they, they don't, they're not connected with the Holy Spirit. I really don't think, I'm not saying everyone on this issue isn't that wants you to wear a mask, but in general, the blindness on that, I think, is linked to a lack of connection uh, and discernment. But um, anyway, Lori, I, I appreciate your call. And did you find a good place now to worship? Strangely enough, I'm going to a church on the far side of town that's a homeless outreach ministry, and um, it is the most, I mean, they are literally what I would call the people on the front lines of ministry. They are literally the hands and feet of Jesus. Oh, oh, great. Now, that's great, Lori. That's wonderful. Thank you. That's great. Now now I feel better. (laughs) Okay, let's go to Chandra in Texas. Quickly, Chandra, if you can. Uh, Yes, ma'am. I had called in before, and I just wanted to let you guys know, I've been talking to a lot of people that are still getting COVID, and I had one that was, she went into the hospital, and they needed treatment, because I had treated previously her sister with ivermectin that really did well, and um, they couldn't find anybody to get them the ivermectin, so I told them about the NIH and told them about that being the second treatment um, regimen on the NIH, or National Institute of Health, regimen ivermectin is so i just wanted to make sure that people know because for me it's important for my clients and my patients to know that you know if they do have to go into the hospital because of severely shortness of breath that they can take a ivermectin. copy of the nih yes yes. The, yes yes because the nih sings its praises she's absolutely right there are lots of tools on that and i'm sorry i have to cut go to flccc flccc.net to find more information about that on ivermectin thank you chandra sandy rios in the morning on afr talk the views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the american family association or american family radio